You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Great Coaches Podcast. To me, being perfect is not about that scoreboard out there. This is a chance of lifetime. When you can understand the person, you can then work towards a common goal. We are all on the same team. Now you roll and do it to the best of your ability. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. Your defense has got to be better. Leave no doubt tonight. Great moments are born from great opportunity. My name is Jim Wolfrey, and you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast, where we interview great sporting coaches to try and find ideas to help all of us lead our teams better. Our great coach on this episode is Eddie Bulger, the coach of the German national boxing team. Eddie was born into a boxing family in Wexford Island. As a boxer, he won national titles at underage and senior levels before moving into coaching. He joined the Irish boxing program in 2008, initially on a voluntary basis. His status grew steadily and he was eventually appointed as one of Ireland's three national coaches at the 2016 Rio Olympics. The success of the Irish program prompted German boxing to poach him in 2017 to set up their own high-performance unit and awaken the sleeping giant that they hope boxing can be in their country. Eddie is a humble and honest coach. He speaks openly about growing up listening to boxing stories around the home and how learning early boxing disciplines have influenced his own coaching philosophy. Eddie describes how he moved a highly regionalized sport into a common collective now seen as the German national boxing team. And he speaks openly about the mistakes he made along the way and that by working to understand his adversaries, he now counts them as some of the most important people that work beside him. He shares a great story about the professionalism of five-time world champion and Olympic gold medal winning Irish boxer, K1. 
Katie Taylor, and the power of being seen as a unified national German team through the simple act of wearing the squad's uniform whenever they are together. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. The Great Coaches Podcast. Eddie Bolger, hello and welcome to The Great Coaches Podcast. Oh, thanks very much for having me. I'm a big boxing fan, Eddie, so I'm very keen to hear your story. But could I start with something really simple? Where are you in the world today and what have you been up to? I'm sitting in my kitchen at home preparing for a camp on Friday in a place called Zulden in Austria. It's in the Alps and uh, it's our second camp. We're calling it our second general camp with uh, only German boxers. But uh, yeah, that's, 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 we had a camp maybe one month ago in Kingbone, 26 athletes, and we called it our educational camp. where we got people together, try to give them a picture of what, what was coming down the line, what they expect when you come to a high-performance environment. We, we have our number ones, our number twos, and we identified some guys that, and girls that would maybe be uh, potential for Paris 24. Eddie, you have worked with some great coaches Billy Walsh and Zhao Anita, to name just a couple. But what is it you think the great coaches do differently? They're two different people. Billy speaks with the same accent. He comes from the same street nearly. We're same town. We, we, we never live too far apart from each other, so we speak the same accent. Uh, and we came up to the same club, same boxing club. Uh, Billy went to a different club uh, as he grew older. He went with his father. Billy's passion for boxing was second and none. He's a good GA man also, you know, which would be hurling football. But uh, Izar came from a, an Eastern European and a well-educated man through that system. But together, both of them brought, you know, it was a 50-50 contribution. Uh Billy's passion, Billy's a bit like myself now, Billy's passion to, to, to learn and develop in management and in, in, in directing things was, was the key. And the knowledge that Zor had in the technical uh, development, technical, tactical, conditioning development, periodization of, of preparation, it, it was just a good coming together. And uh, very lucky for me that I got a great, a great apprenticeship and a great education there. It, it sometimes it takes different people in, in the one team, uh, different personalities, yeah, different makeups, and these two just clicked, and the lads followed. It was a fantastic achievement for a small for a small nation, you know. Even now to this day, I know the system that they're, and I know what they're doing every week, grinding out these programs. They're a difficult opponent to deal with, and it, it's it's fantastic the system they have up there. Eddie, you were born into a boxing family. Your uncles boxed and your grandfather was an All-Ireland Army champion. What do you think are the key things you've learned from them that now form part of your coaching philosophy? I thought about this. Yeah, of course there is, but it would be more on the the culture side or, or my behaviour or my personality or what I've learned. I spent a lot of time with my granddad uh, down in his grandfather down in his house and unfortunately their boxing was long before I, I became before I walked into the club uh, 
and they didn't have the technology back then that you could watch your granddad boxing or your, or my uncle's boxing. But yeah, they, they, they won Irish titles. My granddad won a, a, an army title. These were difficult things to do in those days. But uh, I learned a lot about, uh, you know, being on time. I could never, I, I, he, could, he could never tolerate me being late for the club or leaving the house later. So I learned, these things are really key, to be honest, for young people going, that your bag is full with the right equipment, uh, that you're on time, that you're in good mood. And uh, yeah, these sort of things. And then, and of course, the stories he told me inspired me. Yeah, they, 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 were, they, they were very key elements to get me to put my foot through the door for the first time as an eight-year-old. You know, that's, that's really where they would have had the effect on me. You know, that's what that's what a lot of people need. You know, they need that uh, inspiration, uh, the motivation, and your own motivation comes later. But to be inspired and to be educated and to know the stories and know, I used to polish trophies, polish little plaques every day with my granny, and it leaves a print on you, and it leaves a, it definitely gives you a direction, which way you're going to go. I was probably never going to kick football. It was always. As soon as I was old enough to go through that door down the boxing club, down the school, that's where I went. You know, one of your first coaching jobs was working with 12 and 13 year olds. And you said it was a big role because you were the psychologist, the physio and the coach. So how would you describe your role as a coach today with the German team? There's the four key areas in my opinion or my, my philosophy or is what I always focus on is to be a world-class boxer. You need to be mentally strong physically strong, a good lifestyle, and technically and tactically developed. Now, as a club coach and as a young coach, you think you must do all this, but it's so much better when you when you can avail of experts and when you lead the program, get these experts in to help you lead the program and help everybody push in the right direction. This, this was the biggest education I got when I went to Dublin that I met with the service providers. And then... It expanded into video analysis, nutritionists, psychologists. That was really an education for me. Served my time well in Dublin. I was like a sponge. I caused more rows than I would asking questions and interrupting people. Yeah, it was really an amazing how Billy kept me around long enough to, to, get, to get those four years out of my belt. I was always asking questions, always saying, but, but why do we do this? And when we went to Dublin, or sorry, when we left Dublin then to go to Germany, it was really, that was a big, something that I noticed that uh, wasn't working collectively. In the regions, it was more regional. Coaches, again, that had good experience, that maybe had the knowledge and had the, the, the education from 30 years ago in the GDR system, where they were playing that role of a club coach again. Uh, Playing the psychologist, being the being the S and C coach, being the pad man, being the corner man, and I really wanted to get a collective program again together and bring in the experts, so we so we could uh, we could monitor the national team collectively, make profiles of each boxer, and with the input from our strength and conditioning coach, our physiologist, develop that profile, and that's the real change that I wanted to do over there. The last six to one year, six months to one year is we've really turned the corner and we can see it in the results, I think. 
When you got that job, you were poached from Ireland by Germany, which was a you know a huge show of faith in the Irish system, but also you personally. Mm. And you walked into that German setup that was fragmented, and you brought it all together. What mm. were some of the first things you did? I made a lot of rookie mistakes first. I went in and thought that I had to do everything. No, I'll do this. I'm the head coach. No, I'll do this. I'm the head coach. I'll go here. I'll slowly but surely. And, you know, I'm going to try and speak honestly because you probably get more value out of this if I'm speaking honestly, you know. You identify with new characters. You identify with uh, new personalities. You meet these new coaches. And we all didn't gel really very quickly, you know. I'm sure they didn't think they needed me there. Some little regions or some regions in Germany were doing a lot better than other regions. So they didn't think really things needed to be fixed. Uh, it was really that collusion or, or that, that bonding uh, that wasn't there. And, you know, as a head coach, you could say, well, it's my way or no way. And I really believe to this day now, most of them, some of these coaches that I encountered in the first couple of months, I, I, I could have said, look, it's not going to work. But now, today, these are some of the best coaches that, I, that, are, that are beside me. It was just about learning over those couple of months, making a lot of mistakes, getting to know people's personality, and actually, get, when I say getting to know their personality, getting to know their value, because they had a lot of knowledge. They had a lot of experience. They had fantastic talent in their regions. And really, it was just getting them to trust me by gaining that trust, I had to show what, what I had to offer. And it took a while. And uh, like I said, I think the last year, definitely, and the last six months, we've turned the corner. And uh, we've a year, we've a year now maybe to Tokyo, and it's going to suit us all the better. But uh, yeah, the real thing was to start, start to say, look, at, this is not my program. It's, uh, it's a program that we used in Ireland. It's a program in Ireland that we probably stole from somebody else. And this is what we've got from this. Uh, and it was only, only really after a while that they started, when they see the benefit, that they came on board and really, really sort of said, okay, this is where we're going. Let's give it a go. And uh, it's early days, but we're getting there. I can't wait to see, uh, see how the team perform at the Olympics. I've got a feeling they're going to do pretty well. But I want to go back to your philosophy, you know, and one of the things you said is you want to create mentally strong fighters. And I want to just take you to the changing rooms, if I could, and the walk to the ring. And mm. I imagine the nerves of the fighter must be very high at that point. And I'm wondering, is there anything you do, any routines or tips that you use to try and calm the nerves down and get people focused and ready? Look, it's different for different people, uh, different athletes. At, at, at this stage, the, the level that we're working with now is elite level, and they've really made that walk a lot. Of, they've made that walk to the ring many, many times. And the thing we tried to do is instill a process, a good process that we've done all the time, you know. And they tried to repeat this good process that has worked for them before, and this gives them a little bit of focus. Uh, they warm up at a special time. Each individual might have a little bit. It might be one minute. It might be five minutes in the difference. But you try to instill this process and the regularity of this brings calmness and brings, brings, brings a sense of uh, normality. 
and it helps them focus then on really their performance. And their performance is everything. That's really what you're trying to gear everything about, good performance. You use the habits you've done before, the habits that have given you good performance before. So you try and instill them and repeat them. Boxers on a whole don't need a lot of talking at that stage. They don't want a lot of talking. They don't want to be interfered with. You know, they have their process, really. So we practice it. And what about you, Eddie? How do you stay calm? You know, you're at the side of the ring. There's punches flying everywhere. And, you know, sometimes the judging is corrupt. We need to talk about that because uh, there's, there was a horrible instance in Rio. But how do, you, how do you stay calm? How do you keep cool? To be honest, the ring is probably the easiest part of it. Uh, you're, you're in the bell is gone or the whistle is gone, the ball is thrown in, it, then, you, then you're, in, you're in the middle of it and uh, you're concentrating on things that are happening within those seconds and minutes. But yeah, you think about what if, what, or what's going to happen, will we get a good draw? And then when, when we're down and the draw is over, is how do we come up with a tactical plan? Will this tactical plan work? The biggest monkey on your shoulder is uh, will we get fair play? You know, and that's that's the thing about boxing. You have to deal with that as a coach, and try not to uh, offload that onto your boxers. You know, you just really performance is everything. You just have to concentrate on performance, and then you as a coach, you've got to have your routine also, and try and repeat good practices and repeat good performances. It, it I, there's no coach in the world doesn't think about bad decisions, but you just got to try and implement the best plan you can. Your plan, you know, you do your video analysis, you look at your opponent, you look at the weaknesses, you try to you try to say like, okay, this is what we're going to try and do. And that's that that takes up most, most of your thoughts then, is just, uh, and most of your focus until those seconds before the, which hand goes up. That, that's, that's the hardest part for a coach because nobody knows, really. You talked earlier about your fighters needing to be physically strong. And mm. I think, you know, the sacrifices, we've all watched the Rocky movies, you know, we know the mm. sacrifices the boxers make are legendary. And I was watching a, a web, a web, a web summit with Michael Conlon, who I think's trained with you at some point, And he was talking, you know, about the, just the routine. It was just insane. And I was wondering, how is it you help your fighters maintain motivation when their energy drops, because it must be so hard to re- maintain that level of intensity with their training. Yeah. Th- first of all, you've got to discuss, you know, what's the best training schedule? What's the best loading? You know, loading is how hard you train, how often you train and uh, how long you train for. That's really, that's the loading of training. Once you've decided what works, what's the best, it's, it's about, getting the right loading and getting the right recovery. Recovery is everything. Some people forget about recovery. Michael was a phenomenal trainer, you know, and, and, and people from other sports or even the walk of normal people, if, if they step inside that uh, gym for a week, it, it's phenomenal, the amount of training. So recovery is everything. Yeah, motivation, I, I have to be honest, the guys I've worked with over the years, motivation is the, is the least problem, you know. The likes of Michael, Katie, uh, Paddy, Joe Ward, motivation is, it, 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 it doesn't come into it. You can try and help inspire them and you can help uh, give them encouragement, but these guys are always motivated, you know. They, they, this is their life. Yeah, they might, need, they might need a little bit of extra recovery when, when things get on top of them. So 
it's usually discussed with the team. I read where you said that um, when you were with the Irish team, you mm. would sometimes train with the rugby team and then the next day you'd do some boxing. And then when you were in Germany, you did something similar with the slalom scares. Um, yeah. And I'm just interested, what do you think other coaches could really learn from boxing? It, it, uh, we didn't do it very often. You know, people have their schedules and stuff, This, but it, it was a great idea. And it was a, you learn from your peers. Sport is a game of percentages. If you can gain a percentage or gain something here, a little bit here, and dealing with successful, other, you know, other sports, there could be something in it very much. You could hear something from a rugby coach or you could just bounce something off something everybody else. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, you know. And in Ireland, you know, the rugby is, is a, perceived as a big sport. There's big personalities in it. But we we were collect we were collected from the from the national stadium on a bus and we were brought to Carton House to meet these uh, rugby superstars. And from the minute our lads got off the bus, it was a 50-50 experience as in respect. They were really made to feel on a par with these guys. So that was the first step. You know, that was something these guys felt really important. They felt on a level with these superstars. And what we decided to do was uh do a boxing day where the rugby players would join in with the warm-up, the shadow boxing, the school boxing, and then we'd put gloves on. We'd do a little bit of choreographed stuff. And I remember then Michael and Paddy asking for, you know, let's do a free round and let's show these guys what three minutes, how long three minutes is. It was a great day, a great day. Coordination was probably lacking a little bit with the rugby players, but they had great fun. Uh, we bounced things off each other, and and then that night we had a a, a sit down meal together. Four boxers at one table. There was four rugby players at the same table. We bounced we we bounced questions across the floor. You know how would you make weight? How do you lose so much weight? How do you do this? How how do you guys like train for explosiveness and stuff like that? And I remember one question from the rugby t- uh, one individual. I think it was Paula Collin that. They were notorious. They said, we're, start, we're very slow starters. We can't start quick enough. We come into the game too late. And I think it was Kenny Egan came back with said, well, maybe your warm-up is not correct. You need a higher intensity warm So that's what you can learn from these things, you know? And there was a lot more questions like that. Germany with the slalom skiers, fantastic athletes too. And these guys are superstars. These guys are really on a par with David Beckham. So... It was great for our lads to involve. And again, again, it was another boxing day. Again, I implemented the same, the same schedule, teach them a warm up, teach them how to throw punches, give them an idea what it feels like to be on a bag for a minute. And it's, it's phenomenal that the respect and the understanding, then you get how difficult the boxing is. It's, it's an absolute, it's a hard game and it's a hard training uh, regime. And to see that respect from other, from other sports, uh, yeah, it gives you, it gives you, it gives our lads a, a really mental strength and self confidence. Eddie, you were involved helping coach Katie Taylor, the Irish uh, gold medalist, and the pressure that was on Katie must have been immense. And I'm wondering if she ever had any self doubt, and if she did, how you helped to get through that. Uh, to say. I, it, this I came I I came to work with Katie just at the latter part of uh, her amateur career. It was 
at the quali- just before the qualifiers in Kazakhstan. Uh, I, I, yeah, we work together in, in a working environment in, in, in the high performance setup, but it is a working environment. You, there's not much time for chats and talks and stuff like that. But I did get to know Katie over the years and same with, with, with the other athletes. And when her father, uh, when, when they went their separate ways for a while, or when he drifted out of the, uh, the, the corner with Katie, she asked for me to, to, to fill the gap. Now, it was very difficult to fill, fill Pete Taylor's gap and to fill a father's gap, but uh, she's a phenomenal athlete to work with. She's a very funny person, and this is something that she brings to training, and nobody nobody outside that sees one-liners, great personality, can can uh, bring you down a couple of steps with it. With, she's very funny, a very funny girl, but a very focused trainer also. Uh, I remember really getting to know her because she had a problem with her wrist and I used to do the professional hand wraps and uh, it takes 20 minutes per hand to do and you get to know somebody fairly well then. But uh, yeah, I, I had, I'm absolutely to look back and say you're in, the, in a, you know, you, you were supporting somebody like Zorantia and Katie Taylor in an Olympic ring. I mean, I was the one that was benefiting really, you know. I think at that stage, maybe Katie wasn't the flavour anymore and there was a few decisions that she should have got that she didn't get. To. So from that point of view, it was disappointing, but how could, how could, how could you focus on the negatives being in, being in that kind of uh, environment and, that, and working with that per- a person like that? Great athlete. I've got daughters and uh, I think Katie Taylor's an amazing role model and I think she's an amazing athlete and just watching her work, you know, on YouTube and seeing the ferocity with which she brings to the, uh, to the ring is fantastic. And I did ask you about self-doubt and it's interesting that you didn't even talk about it because clearly she doesn't have any. <laughs> no, she, I, self-doubt, absolutely not. She has no self-doubt. She prepares for fights professionally. She prepares for them, right? There's never a stone unturned. So that again, that that that's that process she has. And then you believe in that process. You can't control what five or four or three people around the ring are, are, are going to do. So she had never any doubt in her performance. Uh, probably, if you ask me who were the best people to be in the corner for, for, uh, for Rio, Zara and Ian are that 100%, but circumstances changed that. And for one reason, personal, it, it couldn't be. So I was the one that was happy and, 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 and honoured to take up uh, that supporting role. But uh, yeah, the little bit of disappointment was, uh, I, I believe she won the fight in, in, in Tokyo. She won a number of fights that the fights were given as draws and then you have to press a button and, depressed for the other girl really but look uh, she had her Olympic gold medal she had her five world titles and look where she is it now that, that's the sign of a that's the sign of positivity and, and, and self-belief so the best Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. At the 2016 Olympics, um, one of your boxes was caught in a doping controversy. And yeah. I know this put a lot of pressure on you, but I'd be interested to ask you, what advice do you have for other coaches who were caught up and ethically challenged like this? Again, your training program and your culture is more important than any individual. So that's what you got to get right first. You have to, and, and your boxers can be part of, of developing this culture and developing this, uh, this, uh, this code of ethics, right? First of all, you have to have a culture. And maybe even before your culture, you want a vision. You want a vision of where you want to go, what you want to do. And then that culture supports this. So you've got to, you've got to let these people know, this is the culture that you created. This is what you've got to uphold. And this is what it means to uphold this culture. Now, if there's signs of these things of people not upholding the culture, you've got to identify it. And if it continues, then you've got to see the red flags. For other coaches, they've got to look and see and understand that no individual is bigger than your program or bigger than the culture around it. And if that starts to happen, it could be a nephew of yours. It could be somebody that you reared in boxing from 11 years of age. But you have to understand that something don't sacrifice the culture or your program for individuals. And if there's too many red flags, then you got to deal with it. Now, it's not that easy because there's, you've got your federation, you've got your executive board, you've got your club coach, but it's about having the autonomy to carry out your program, your code of ethics and the culture of a high performance uh, system. And if there's individuals that, no matter how good they are, no matter how powerful their club coaches, you, you gotta you, you, culture and your program is everything. And it was difficult. It was difficult at that time uh, for us. Our head coach or our sports director was gone, and it was a battle. You know, some individuals are not the well, not the best behaved. The signs are always there. If you sacrifice your culture and your program, it, it will cost you. And it kind of cost us one way or another. We, we, we lost a very talented athlete. We lost an athlete who particularly got a good draw and uh, who could have went on to win a medal. But uh, I think overall, we didn't deal with the, with the signs. So. Eddie, you talked about, you know, you talked about having a vision, setting up a culture, watching mm. the behaviours. So what's your vision for the team you've taken over for German boxing? The vision can change, you know, the vision at the start can be, can be conservative and it can be, and then we can change the vision as we go along. I'm really, I'm still, I'm still waiting for them to come back. We, we've achieved our visions. Uh, the, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm on the same, the same wavelength as our Irish, the Irish vision, you know, you should be looking to consistently put German boxers on European world and Olympic podiums. We're not looking for the top of those podiums yet. We're looking for to be on those podiums consistently. So this is something that we're going to try and this is our, our vision at the moment. We want to get this maybe under t-shirts, maybe 
printed on the walls of the gym and randomly at 6.30 in the morning when we line up to start our first training session, you can ask somebody, what's our vision? And if they repeat it and believe in it, then we can build that culture around us. And we're really, that's why I'm so excited about this German team now. It's a very, very good team. And they are so hungry to buy into these visions and, and uh, visualization and, and the culture. We're coming to the last year of our cycle. Well, we, we gained the year, really. So, but, you know, it's four years there now. But the other, I really believe the year will really stand to us another year. So, yeah, that's, that's it. That's our vision, to, to start get, hitting podiums. And my personal vision, when I'm looking at things and seeing how things are developing, when we go to training camps, I want to make an impact. I want to make an impact as a, as a national team. Again, in the last couple of months, we were, we were traveling collectively. We wear the same tracksuits. We arrive in the airport with the same tracksuits. We go for breakfast in the same tracksuits. And believe me, Paul, at the start, this was very difficult to do. They turn up with their regional tracksuit on. They were more into the re- regional uh, area and they wear that tracksuit. And, and even now, they've seen the benefits of arriving to a breakfast table or a breakfast room, dressed from top to bottom the same, with their, their crest and... Even the guys or the girls, for instance, that would have a problem with it, you get around it by saying, listen, I'm going to put you in charge of this. You decide what we wear today. We can wear the black, we can wear the white, but you're in charge. And this gives them a little bit of, they come around a little bit better. So on our Facebook, WhatsApp, tomorrow everybody wears black. It's, it's, and it, 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 it gives them a sense of belief because, for example, our German team, our, our male team, there's not one German on it. There's no German, no German male. They're all from multicultural Kazakhstan, Eastern Europe, Turkey, Africa. They're born in Germany, but you know, you've got to instill this, uh, this culture. And this is what I've learned in Dublin. This is, this, is, this is the education we got in Dublin. Culture is everything and performance is everything. So it's been three years, but we've really turned the corner and we have the greatest facilities. We have the greatest gear. The, 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 the strip we wear is fantastic. And when we, everybody wears it together, we, got, we, we get a lot of uh, from other nations, USA, Billy, Ireland. Where can I get one of those coats? Where can I wear one of these? Where can I get one of them? You know, and that's what you want to ex- express. That's what you want to, when you walk into a room, you want to turn people's heads and say, this is a team that means business. You know, and then the boxing maybe comes, comes, you got to perform them, but you got to make a good impression. So these are some of the things I'm trying to get these guys to, to, it's always been there. You know, the gear has always been locked in a, in a wardrobe. It's always been there or under the bed. Get these things out again, you know, and start to instill the culture and that they support each other, that they don't see themselves as, I'm from Berlin, so why should I support this guy from Stuttgart, you know? Now it's everybody. And that's, that, that took a little bit of time. So Billy Walsh is from your hometown as well. Yeah. Um, set up the, uh, the great program you had in Ireland. He got poached. He's coaching the USA team. Mm. You're poached. You're coaching the, the boxing team in Germany. When you and Billy talk and you talk coaching, what are the mm. things you discuss? Uh, well, you have to remember just like, a professional soccer player who played for Everton now and then plays for Man United, he pulls on that jersey. We don't, if I'm honest again, it's 
if I'm talking to Billy about coaching, it's what's in it for me. What, what, what can we do to help each other? That's really it. We don't give away too many secrets, I suppose, but it's important. Billy, Billy's been to Germany more times than I've been to America just because we've, we've actually fantastic facilities, fantastic uh, uh, training venues and stuff like that. And it's kind of a hub that everybody can come. Ireland, GB and USA. That, the, 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 these are the nucleus of the people we've been working with because we speak the same language. We speak the same, I mean the coaches, we speak the same language, we speak the same, with the same accents. So to get back to your point, yeah, there is a commonality there. There is, there is common content there. It, it just seems to benefit each other that we, we know what we want. We know, we know what I'll get from Billy because it's the same program. Uh, when Zara comes, it's the same program. It's the same technical development and how we do all these things. So that when the guys, for one, for example, when they when, when we have a, a school combat session, which would be eight rounds of choreographed boxing, like boxer one would uh, make an attack, boxer two would make an counterattack, for example. It's nearly all the same development. You get the best benefit then. There's no confusion. No, no. It goes like clockwork. Zara could step in and, and, and uh, implement a session. My coaches can step in and implement a session. Billy could step in. So it's, it's, it's these three nations benefiting each other. What we're trying to do in, back in, in Germany, really, and I, I know this in Ireland, we're trying to train universally. We want our boxers to be universal boxers. And what I mean by that, you will always get somebody that will say, well, I, I don't box like this, I'm a counter puncher, or I, I go forward a lot, or I box close distance a lot. But we try to train ours universally through these combat sessions, you know, by giving them roles, giving them tasks. So when it comes to changing a tactical plan, they've trained it, they've done it. So you become a universal boxer. That's, that's really what we benefit off each other, or try to benefit off each other. Hey, this is, this is what we're going to do tomorrow. And Billy would come to me maybe the night before and say, Look, what, what's the content of tomorrow? What are we looking at here? I said, well, this is round one, round two, round three, round four, round five. Yeah, same, same as what we want. That's it. I'm happy. When we go over there, it's the same. It's breeding a sense of uh, familiarity. And uh, that's how you get better at something. Don't they say 10,000 hours to become a master? So with Billy and with Zar, uh, with GB, uh, we have this connective contact plan and we'll, it's just about agreeing it the night before and then, you know, but we usually do it in Germany or Sheffield maybe sometimes. So that's the other conversation is about Wexford and anything else. <laughs> anything else? How's your mother? How's your dad? How's everything? Eddie, during lockdown, we've all had chance to read or catch up on stuff. There, has there been any resources that you've, looked at in the last few months that have that you found particularly useful in your coaching i, I yeah first of all i'll give you i'll try and give an explanation of what germany is like and 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 the things that we we, we try to we frowned upon you know we had olympic centers decentralized olympic centers all over with different boxers and different ones and and the programs were kind of slightly different or, or totally different and I was looking at saying, you know, this we need more collective feed. We need more collective training. We need. So when I got back and I knew there was lockdown and Ireland couldn't train, they had to go back to their clubs. USA couldn't train in the collective environment. These Olympic centers 
in each region were a godsend where the boxer was in full-time training in a small group, maybe him on his own with his coach or maybe two guys in these Olympic centers. So our training never stopped. But what I, what I, my time down at home was, I thought it was a very good time to get all the coaches together. Maybe uh, it happened in Heidelberg and give a PowerPoint on a new training concept. And we called it Germany's new training concept about trying to get this uh, collective common content throughout all these regions. So again, when young lads turn up to the high performance center or high performance camp, no matter where it is, nothing is, nothing scares them. Nothing is a uh, shock to them. They know that in the mornings they'll have to do their school boxing, their, their warm up, their school boxing. At 10 o'clock, we'll either be doing a craft session, which is a strength conditioning session, or a running session. In the afternoon, we do our boxing sessions. That will either be a bag session, and then we'll have our school combat Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have a recovery day. And if we get this collectiveness throughout, throughout, the, throughout the whole country, the sky's the limit. You know, it's all about getting these guys familiar with what they need to do. And getting when once they get familiar, repeat, 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 continuous development. And that's where we are at the moment. And it's coming together. My personal goal is every training camp we go to, we make an impact. Every tournament we go to, we make an impact. It doesn't have to be gold medals here. and there. It doesn't have to be we make an impact. We get good results and try and get these guys on the podiums. Eddie, you've said the boxer's success is your success. That's your reward. So what is it? the legacy that you want to leave as a boxing coach? Uh, part, I, I don't really want to leave a legacy. I, 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 the more people I can be part of their success is, uh, you know, when, when we get older and we sit on a bar stool or, or we sit somewhere else or we sit in a retirement home or I bump into Billy Welsh at anywhere at a GA match, to look back and say, well, yeah, you know, we help somebody achieve gold medals. We, we help people uh, achieve world titles. We've developed, look, for me to say I had an impact on change in sport in Germany. This is, this, this is, these are rewards. If other people recognize that and it's called a legacy, I, I, I doubt it very much, but that's not what I'm looking for. It's, it's to be able to give myself self-satisfaction, to be able to say that wasn't a waste. That was, you know, that was a good journey. And didn't myself and Billy Welsh or didn't myself and Zara Andy or didn't myself and the best ro- Russian coaches in the world and we have some battles. This is what I want to get out of it. I really don't care about a legacy. And if somebody can learn or, or, or say, hey, Eddie Bulger did it. He got up and left. He went to Germany. Maybe maybe these people that are offering me a job can I could work out for me. That's just, just to help other people and that's the greatest satisfaction for me. And it's, it's, it's not a selfish thing because a lot of kudos come with it. We do all do it for ego. You know, it's, it's ego. If we can control that ego, but most of us coaches, it, it's, it's ego that drives us on. It's, it's uh, nobody wants to lose. You know, we, we probably all come from a boxing ring. So, yeah, you know, there's nothing, nothing like the thrill of achievement, thinking of a plan and succeeding and like even 
even if it's against your home country, sometimes it, it, it helps your profile and it gives you a little bit more feedback, you know. The qualifier in London was fantastic for us. It was cut in half, but we had the biggest fight of our life against Kurt Walker. It was the biggest fight of our life. And we implemented a plan and Hamza implemented that plan. We were, sorry, we thought of a plan. We went over it again and again. The young lad implemented it, and we just about got over the line. That's the best. You know, that, that's what it's about. Eddie Bolger, it's been wonderful talking to you and learning a bit, about, bit more about boxing. I think I'm going to head straight down into the gym. We've got a bag here, and I'm going to get on that bag and get into training. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been fantastic. I hope, yeah, look. I'm still learning, still developing, still, still. Uh, this is something I don't do comfortably, so I hope you get some value out of it and some, uh, some benefit. We've got tons of benefit out of it, Eddie. Thank you so much. You're welcome. The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Paul here. You have been listening to our discussion with Eddie Bolger, the coach of the German national boxing team. The key highlights for me were Eddie's thoughts on the coach being a facilitator for world-class boxers so that the right people are brought in to help them be mentally and physically strong, have a good lifestyle and be technically and tactically developed to the right level. The importance of recovery given the demanding nature of the training required for elite boxers. The importance of the warm-up in making sure that your team starts the game well and the need to have a vision, and Eddie's was putting German boxers on European world and Olympic podiums before you start building a culture that supports it, and being prepared to act immediately on the signs when an athlete is not following the required culture. I hope you enjoyed it as much as Jim and I did. In our next episode, we will be speaking to legendary basketball coach Jan Sterling. Here is a sneak peek. So very quickly you learn that there's no one leadership model that fits all. At the end of the day, Paul, I still think it's about the values and the behaviours that you instill and how are you going to be. Your true leadership comes through when there is chaos around you and you're still able to deliver to the best of your ability. In other words, you can still stay focused on the task and deliver to the best of your ability when there is absolute chaos around you. And just before we leave, if you know a great coach who has a unique story to share, then we would love to hear from you. Please contact us using the details in the show notes. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.